0: Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Saturday, June 10th, 2023. And for the summer months, we are on Saturday going to continue our catechesis that we do throughout the week. So today we'll continue in Matthew chapter 5, just a Uh, Four or five more verses, Uh, but of course, as we've noted, Jesus' catechesis on the commands is pretty thoroughgoing, and that gives us lots to contemplate. All right, so we won't have our uh, normal preparation through the summer for Sunday morning. You'll have to rely upon your uh, ability to crack open the Bible and to read ahead, to read tomorrow's Old Testament and Epistle, or not. Just come and, and listen, right? But the key there is to come with open ears, willing to hear, and then uh, the Spirit will direct faith according to when and where he will. All right. So Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our verse for the week, we say together. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, verse 5. Again, unless one is born, excuse me. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, verse 5. Baptism. What is baptism? Baptism is not just plain water, but it is the water included in God's command and combined with God's word, which is that word of God. Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Matthew, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What benefits does baptism give? It works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. Which are these words and promises of God? Christ our Lord says in the last chapter of Mark, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Good. And our reading for catechesis, again, is just five verses, um, but uh, significant as far as our catechesis goes here. again, you have heard it that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. All right. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, and he's referring back to, that would be Sinai, right? And the giving of the law to Moses. And then he actually, we had, let's see, two days ago we had the, you shall not murder, right? And then anger and name-calling and whatnot. So the fifth commandment, yesterday we spoke of adultery. So the sixth commandment talked about how adultery is a manifestation of idolatry. It's, a, it's actually, um, like idolatry is mm, described as adultery by by jesus and by the old testament prophets and now which commandment do we have you shall not swear falsely that would be eighth commandment right and then um but you shall perform your oaths to the lord so we have the eighth commandment married to the second commandment interesting there we haven't had the first table So, um, what text is he quoting? That would be the question. Here's Leviticus 19, with with its moral and ceremonial laws, Um, and you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of the Lord your God. I am the Lord. Right. So they're giving false testimony by the name of the Lord, which connects you between eighth and second commandment. All right, and uh, Deuteronomy. 23 would be your other example.
1: <clears throat>
0: when you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it would be sin to you. But if you abstain from vowing, it shall be shall not be sin to you. That which has gone from your lips, you shall keep and perform, for you voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. Right. So we see that uh, lying is... often connected then with speaking contrary by the Lord's name, right? Uh, Probably a notable example of this is uh, Peter's interrogation by the guards or the officers or those um, servants in the high courts. You know, he swears, and that would be by God's name, that he doesn't know the man, all right? Now, the Eighth Commandment is not simply about not telling lies, but it has a very particular trajectory uh, when it comes to your neighbor, what, what is the benefit of your neighbor? Obviously, murder, um, the, the benefit to your neighbor of that commandment is um, that you protect your neighbor's um, body and life, right? And uh, we haven't spoken, well, the sixth commandment is to protect, protect your neighbor's uh, marriage, right? And then the seventh commandment, which we haven't spoken of yet, is to protect your neighbor's possessions and income. Now, the eighth commandment, that is not swearing falsely or giving false testimony, is about protecting your neighbor's reputation reputation all right and also by the way uh, as we see in the proverbs well i think we'll hear this is it this week or next week mm, probably next week um talking about the difficulty of speaking of your neighbor in public right um, because if you speak incorrectly or out of turn it actually ends up damaging your reputation right we see this um, today i think among our political elites Um, We see this amongst our our media class, right? Uh, We say that somebody is not trustworthy. It's because they've damaged their own reputation by uh, false reporting or by public lies or um, deceitful practices, that sort of thing, right? So the Eighth Commandment is there to protect your neighbor as much as it is to protect you. False swearing, right? You shall not swear falsely. That is to take an oath or to use your word um, in support of lies or deception. Including the te- this actually, in the context of what Jesus is speaking of, in particular, he's talking about teaching um, or condoning false doctrine, supporting false doctrine, or teaching false doctrine is to swear falsely by his name, right? So, um, in particular, you'll note that I do this with great fear and trepidation, but I begin and end um, each sermon in the name of Jesus or in the holy name of Jesus, right? Um, so that the words that come out of my mouth um, better be in accordance with the words that Jesus speaks in his scriptures, right? Otherwise, I'm swearing falsely, and of course, I'll be brought under judgment by God. All right. Um, But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. In other words, who always hears your words? Who hears all your words? God does, right? The king, the great king of Jerusalem, um, the earth is his footstool, heaven is his throne. Is there any, anything that you can say that is beyond God's purview? No. Um, don't swear by heaven or by earth. Right Now that's an interesting expression, right? Um, and he says why? Because heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. Um, and that might bring to memory a prophetic word. Uh, he's quoting Isaiah 66, For thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, where is the house that you will build for me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those all those things my hand is made, and all the and all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one, you know, despite God being everywhere, here he's quite present particularly, on this one I will look, on him who is poor and of contrite spirit, and who trembles at my word. Right? So Isaiah has that focus too. It's like, well, Jesus is every, or God is everywhere. Okay, fine, but where is he for you? And in particular, where is he for you for the forgiveness of sins? All right, Jesus will repeat this whole language again um, as he's talking to the, the blind guides, the Pharisees and scribes. He'll say, therefore he who swears by the altar swears by it and by the things on it. He who swears by the temple swears by it and he who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of god and by him who sits on it woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites right we read that the other day so the creator of heaven and earth has heaven as his throne and earth as his footstool footstools are important um for kings of course right this is what we're talking about of course if you've got a footstool at home then you should consider yourself a king or a queen uh but in the scriptures not only is it connected to kingship but it's connected to the promise made to eve right of the offspring or the seed That would The male offspring that would crush the serpent's head, right? And then his feet would stand upon the earth, as the psalmist says. Beautiful language, right? Um, Jerusalem's mentioned, of course, because heaven is my throne, or the earth is my footstool, and then, as in the way of, say, Psalm 48, hmm, I'm trying to figure out which parts to read here. We have thought, O God, on your loving kindness in the midst of your temple. Or before that, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth. In Mount Zion, on the sides of the north, the city of the great king, God is in her palaces, he is known in her refuge. Right. So Jerusalem is the city of God's presence in the temple and the place by which the Lord, our Lord, the king, comes to save his people. Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest, right? And the great king, of course, is speaking of the son of David who would reign on the eternal throne. All right. Um, Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. Which is an interesting thing. Um, I mean, he's speaking about going to the past or going to the future. That's the idea there. Going to the future, your hair turns turns white. Going past, your hair, his color is restored. All right. Jesus is warning um, us, his hearers, not. To promise anything in the future that can't be delivered, but to confess the creator who gave life and knows the future. Right? Um, so, one of the aggravating features of uh, watching uh, procedural crime dramas, you know, uh, police dramas, is that the uh, investigators, the, uh, always, uh, the, or the patrolman or whatever, is always making these promises We'll get the person who did this. Just like, don't say that. Right? You, can you promise anything? You say, We'll make every attempt. We'll do our best. I know that's not as encouraging, but um, don't make promises you can't keep, right? That's the point.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And then he talks about uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? And um, I think this has been quoted by politicians even, (laughs) which is probably inappropriate, or their use is inappropriate. But again, we're talking about the future here. A simple yes or no is the only answer we can give about the deeds we will do in the future. Either say I'll do it or say "I I won't do it, but don't say, well, maybe right? There's no point in that. Um, and also Jesus is calling us to live by faith in the creator who controls our life, right? This is the thing with oaths. Um, you, can, you can swear or you can give testimony to what you have done um, or even make promises of what you will do, but either do it or don't. But don't make promises if you don't intend to do it, right? Because anything more than that, he says, is of the evil one, right? Um, and it's the evil one who actually deceives us in thinking that we can control the future <laughs> or that the future is ours um, to control rather than uh, in the hands of the Lord. All right? uh, and thereby thinking we have control over our lives and our future and um, the gifts that God gives and how those gifts are manifest in our lives um, or the longevity of the institutions that he's entrusted to us, like a church or a school, by claiming such things actually is, is demonic. It's to claim to know that which only God knows, and thereby to speak um, as the devil speaks, right? Which is why he uses that term, um, the evil one, right? Um, Generally, it's well. There's no one there. It's actually anything more than the these is from the evil. So it could be the you know sin. It could be the world, or it could be the devil. I think evil one is probably appropriate here—a reference to Satan. So, what the Christian generally says is not, um, "I will do my best. Um, the Lord give me strength." or um, if the Lord wills, you know, He will make you clean or heal you." right Um and there, thereby, he says, "You know, I think it's important to note here that oaths are not forbidden. Um, Christians often take oaths, right? We make an oath before the throne. we um, that's a, a rite of the church called confirmation, where you before the altar, where you confess. Or take an oath that you won't you won't depart from the Lutheran confession of um, faith of the faith of the Christian faith um, unless death separates you right from the church. Uh, we don't take that oath seriously because people just kind of willy nilly church shop or intermarry and and don't actually um, you know take that oath seriously, which is something important I think to remember. Um, and um, actually, the model of Jesus would be one to consider here too. Before Pontius Pilate, he testifies under oath huh? uh, we can take oaths before civil, civil authorities. I think we can also uh, swear oaths um, in service to love to our neighbor. that's uh, certainly what people do in military service. Um, but the oath is not to um, do whatever they tell you, but the oath is to uphold the Constitution um, from both foreign and domestic um, enemies, right which means that um, your oath requires you to disobey authorities when Um, They go contrary uh, to, well, to the oaths that they promised, right, which was to uphold the Constitution, or in the case of the Church, uh, to preach the Gospel, right? There are forbidden oaths. Uh, We don't swear oaths on the basis of creation, you know, by our head or by your mother's grave or some nonsense like that. Um, That's actually to swear then by not, (laughs) you're trying to avoid the Creator's name. People use all sorts of tactics to try to get around the fact that they're taking false making false oaths you know they'll they'll use other n- names substitute names for god um and again we a false oath or a forbidden oath would be to swear something about the future that that um that we will perform all right yeah marriage is a good example right um but the 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 oath of marriage can be taken because it's according to the lord's promise that what god has joined together let man not separate so of course we can swear um in the Lord's name um, to be faithful unto death because that's the gift that the Lord gives to marriage and promises to marriage and actually forbids us from breaking that promise that he gives to us, thereby breaking the oath. Good, good point, Chris. All right. why, are we not, or why are we asked not to make oaths to God? It is because we cannot keep the promises we make. We can only cry out to the one who is the ultimate yes. Christ refers us to the fact that he himself rules over heaven and earth, yet he places his feet upon the stool of this earth that he might crush the serpent's head. Again, Genesis 3:15. These feet, the feet of Jesus, deliver to us the beautiful gospel as he takes on flesh and blood for us men and for our salvation. Jerusalem is the city of the great king where the son would offer himself up to be the great king and have his head crowned with thorns. Anything other than yes, the yes of Christ in the flesh is From the evil one that is from Satan. Right? So the ultimate, yes, is Jesus. The ultimate oath, giver, and keeper is Jesus. He makes promises and he keeps it, unlike us. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. And then a famous uh, second reading. There's so much at the beginning of Isaiah that's familiar to us, especially uh, around Christmas time. This would be one. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, in order to to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I always get the Handel's Messiah in my head when <laughs> I hear this reading. It's the uh, is it a tenor or a bass aria? Can't remember. All right, the first part of
1: that.
0: Okay. Anyway, got a handle in my head. But instead, we're going to actually sing our hymn of the week, which is uh, connects as well with both the name of the Holy Trinity and also the gift of our baptism, when we whereby we receive that name uh, as our own. I bind unto myself today,
1: Myself today, I bind unto myself today. The part of God to hold and lead is I to watch. Is mine to say. Is here to hearken. Amen mm-hmm. that he So
0: What a lovely hymn. Uh, Just a note. I think sometimes we think that hymns uh, should be easy to sing, (laughs) but sometimes, you know, just like our confession of faith of God the Holy Trinity is impossible for us to believe. Uh, So I don't mind having to uh, struggle a little bit physically to uh, sing through a hymn like that one. And I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a hymn workout, we might call it, is beneficial to us. Uh, Another composer who does this. Uh, and composes in English, not by translation, but actually I think intentionally um, strains the ability of us to sing. As Martin Franzman, who is a uh, professor at Concordia uh, Seminary, St. Louis, um, was one of the few that didn't walk out with Seminex, by the way. Uh, a fantastic uh, composer of prose. He's a lovely book of sermons. Uh, maybe I'll share with you at some point. Um, and responsible for, hmm, in our hymnal, I think five hymns, I think all said. Um, that we have, I think 14 maybe, um, some of which have been in previous hymnals or hymnal supplements uh, but didn't make it into Lutheran service book but I think five are in Lutheran service book that we sing um, thy strong word would be one you know we love to sing thy strong word, it's not easy to sing but we love singing it, why? Because text and tune are so uh, so delightful and it's supposed to be a strong and bold hymn so it requires a little bit of uh, oomph, you know, behind the words thy strong word be one, preach ye the word and planted home the sower um went forth to sow his seed right and uh there's probably there's others like oh uh, god O lord of heaven and earth that one definitely is difficult to sing but intentionally because it's talking about the struggle of faith right and so it's a struggle to sing right um uh, not every hymn is just going to be nice and light and easy and just kind of flows off the tongue some you know you're gonna have to get physical about it but of course worship is physical uh, that's why you come in person and you uh, confess and pray together and you make every you, some some of us have to struggle even to get up the steps right uh, but so it is right because God's Word matters yeah it's a great hymn to hum I appreciate that Chris all right so uh, let's pray our collect for the week Almighty and everlasting God you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity and the power of the divine majesty. Um, keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign one God now and forever. Amen. All right. I'm looking for something actually for our prayers, but I don't know what happened to it. You know, maybe my computer will find it eventually. Hmm. Uh, or. Let's see if it's in my email. Maybe I received it via email. Uh, nope. Oh, I'll have to keep looking for that. Uh, let's see. Prayer for what? Thanksgiving for what? Baptism is. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for the gift of holy baptism, whereby we are made disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ and given the gift of salvation. Teach us to believe that baptism is not just plain water, but it is the water included in Jesus' command to baptize the nations and combined with God's word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you that for Jesus' sake, baptism works forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe this, as the words and promises of God declare. Comfort us and strengthen our faith in Jesus with the promise that whoever believes in him and is baptized will be saved. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray this day for faithfulness to the end for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray this day in thanksgiving with Doug and Nicole celebrating their anniversary. We pray for the households of our church, especially Shannar and Nicole, Michael, Tanya, Jack and Patty, Renee, Dan and Bonnie. pray in thanksgiving for the gift of the service of Mrs. Polster and Mrs. Larson. We pray for our catechumens, especially our adult catechumens, Allie, Dasha, and Teresa. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Dale and Pam, Joe, Kelsey, Marion, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, Brad, Gus, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, O'Shea, Pat, and Wade, Wendell, and Darlene. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially um, that of Sharon S. Richardson Community Hospice, which is uh, ancillary to the church, but a uh, benefit to us. Pray for those grieving, especially the family and friends of David Gatty. For all this, let us pray to the Lord, Lord of mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. So that is our Congregation of Prayer for today. Saturday, June tenth, 2023. Uh, It'll be a little bit shorter now on Saturdays, I think, uh, since we'll just continue doing what we do all week. Tomorrow, uh, we've, our service times are normalized, actually. Nine o'clock is divine service, so same time, uh, but in person only. No stream in the morning. Uh, what I'll do is, um, if I happen to be here at church sometime uh, on Sunday, um, I can post the video. Otherwise, I'll post it on Monday when I come back into the study. All right, so you'll uh, be able to watch it, the complete service and the sermon um, later on uh, if you're not able to be here in person. Otherwise, I um, encourage you to do so. I know that's uh, maybe a little disappointing for uh, the homebound, um, but this is to uh, discourage people from, uh, om- from not being in person, if at all possible. All right? So that's the idea behind the later reposting of divine service. Same thing with Wednesday, by the way. All right? Um, so rather than join us live, you'll, you'll have to watch it on replay. Um, but um, if you get the uh, emails, if you haven't signed up, do so. It's on our website down at the bottom. And uh, then you'll get an email, uh, a copy of the Congregation of Prayer for next week. There'll be a link to that in the email. And uh, you can pray through, already pray through, what we're going to start praying through on Monday. You can start that on Sunday um, if you are homebound or unable to be in person um, in lieu of the stream. All right? So crack open your Bibles and your hymnal, your catechism, um, and then uh, you'll be ready for Monday morning too. All right, so there's your option. Good. All right, so the Lord be with you all. Keep you safe, and I hope to see you